This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. A reminder, ESPN Bet is the official sports book of ESPN, the only place to find exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. New users get $100 in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download today. What a play. And in case you've missed it, here's the new ESPN Bet commercial. How you like your burger, Green? Well done, please. I don't know if you could take those guys to cover the spread. The weather gets cold and they crumble. Yeah, not everyone can handle the elements. You know, I've never really bought into all that cold weather stuff. Really, Greeny? I'm always taking the cold weather teams. Especially in the playoffs. Can you flip mine? The great ones tough it out. Regardless of the weather. I should have brought my mittens. It's 48 degrees. Yeah, but the wind is whipping off that lake. We're 30 miles from the lake. <laughs> oh, you cut out before the, the bunch line. There, there were 30 okay. miles. Was that from, Cindy who cut out? Yeah. That's what I did earlier today, Cindy. He almost lost, He almost imploded. Yeah. The big laugh line. We're 30 miles from the lake. We shot another one where he said, what lake? And I actually like <laughs> They chose the other one. It was good acting. It was, was acting. great acting, man. We shot that in New Jersey. It was hot as can be. I was sweating like you would not believe shooting that thing. But it was great fun. Okay. And with that, we are live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. We got madness all over madness. the place in the world of sports. But let's start with a guy who was legitimately mad. Before I get to all of the football, you have to hear the rant of the night. The coach of the Raptors went nuts last night. Let me show you why. All right, so it's Lakers-Raptors. This is a close game in the fourth quarter. Here's LeBron. His team was down five. That bucket makes it a three-point game. And then the next possession, this three makes it a tie game. He had 22 points, 12 assists. Three minutes left. Lakers are down by one. How about the range from Austin Reeves, Jeffrey? Get it. The change. Look at it. Just hold it. Just pose it. Lakers up by two. Next L.A. possession. Anthony Davis plus the foul. Get used to hearing me say that. He was 11 of 11 from the free throw line in the fourth quarter alone. On the other end, the Raptors, Gary Trent Jr. knocks down a three. They've got a one-point lead. Now we're staying with it, ensuing possession. The other end, Davis again. He had 41 points and 11 rebounds. The Lakers took 23 foul shots in the fourth quarter. 23. And meanwhile, the game ends basically on this play. They called that an illegal screen on R.J. Barrett. (laughs) This, in a game in which the Lakers shot 23 free throws in the fourth quarter alone. And that's the call that essentially decides it. 23 free throws to two in the fourth quarter is the biggest disparity in the NBA this season. And it led to this epic rant from the coach of the Raptors, Darko Ryakovich. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes 
who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get get uh, to to the rim without flopping and and not trying to get calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you gonna explain that, that to me? They had to win tonight. If that's if that's the case, just let us know so we can show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. So this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding you back, it's a complete crap. Crap. <laughs> crap. It's complete crap. First of all, first of all his like eyeballs were like you the day we got the Nespresso machine. <laughs> they were like the whole time. They were locked. Yeah. He was locked in. He was, if he could have thrown hands, he would have thrown hands right oh there. Now, you've goodness. been a coach, and so you know the frustration. Oh. Like, because he knows he's going to get fined and all yeah, that. Absolutely. Like, how mad, like, what does that feel like when oh. you just have to get it out? I love like it. That? I love that he just unleashed the beast. If you're going to do it, if you're going to pay 50 grand, make it worth every penny. Let it rip. Be yeah. honest. We, we got the face of the league coming up right here. We're not getting Call, let it all. If y'all didn't want us to win, just we won't even show up. We'll just play mm. with. We'll just give them the. I loved it. I thought it was epic. I'm so glad we showed it again. It, just, I loved it, it makes too. my day. It makes I, my day. I, I loved every second of it. He it believes just, in his squad. That's frustrating. As you said, it opened with BS and it ended with crap, <laughs> as do most things. Masterpiece. Okay, so that was that. Now we welcome you one and all to the NFL coaching carousel, which continues to spin as it always does, but this year with fascinating stops in interesting places, including this one, Nashville, Tennessee. What are they doing? Firing Mike Rabel is only one of the best coaches in the league. They move him out after six seasons. The first four, they were winning like crazy. He was the coach of the year. The last two, they end up with a with losing record, and so they move on from Mike Rabel, who, of course, has ties to the Patriots organization. As Graziano pointed out earlier, he didn't coach under Bill Belichick, but he did play there. And we are waiting for news on Belichick's future. We all know what's at stake here. We all understand the history. And we also know that a decision is expected to come literally any moment now after Belichick began the process of meeting with Robert Kraft, the owner, on Monday. Here's Mike Reese, who is as close to this as you can possibly be. Take everybody up to the minute, Mike. Where do we stand with Belichick right now? So, Greeny, you mentioned it. Bill Belichick said that he would be meeting with owner Robert Kraft. He also mentioned that there could be a series of meetings with Kraft. So that process continues. The belief among many I speak with around the organization is that Belichick's time is nearing an end. But until a decision is made, Greeny, one way or another, this uncertainty hovers over the organization. So, so Mike, again, you've been around him as much as anybody. He has said some things in the last few days that struck many of us as curious. He mentioned his contract multiple times. I've never heard him mention his contract ever. The, but for him to say, I'm under contract, that felt significant to me. Um, you said he definitively wants to coach next year. There is the uncertainty there. Like, what can you tell us about this? Is, is this exclusively the Kraft's decision? Do we know for sure that Belichick wants to be back? What do we think we know about this situation? Well, Greeny, there's a lot to unpack right there. And I would start with this. Ultimately, it's the Kraft's decision. They're the owners of the team. They can do whatever they want. But when you're Bill Belichick and you've been here for 24 years and you've poured your heart and soul into the organization and you've achieved the success that you have achieved for the organization, I believe they, there is a cooperative aspect 
to this. It's not Bill Belichick walks in on Monday and they say, you're fired. I think it's a conversation, Greeny, and they figure out the best way to go forward from there. I, I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to do something that I know reporters hate to do, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you to give an opinion, and we're not holding you to this. Is it your definitive? Because you've told me last week, there's no question in your mind he wants to coach somewhere next year. Are you are you confident he wants it to be New England, given his druthers with everything that's happened there, with the possibility of a fresh start somewhere else? Is it your opinion that he his first choice is to be back in New England next season? I cannot say that definitively, Greeny. To me, that's the blind spot reporting on this story. Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick, as you know, a lot of things around him are mysterious. And there are things that have happened the last couple years that make me question whether he would think this is the best place for him to win. But I have to say, he has not said that. That is me sort of interpreting that based on what I know from having covered him, what I sense from having covered him over 24 years. And that's what I was looking for, and that's why you are the best uh, that, that could be. Mike, stay close by as we continue to discuss this. Now, one of the things that we brought up there, and I didn't just mention it with Mike just now, but is the Vrabel yes. of it all. And so many out there, like myself, will start connecting dots. He's a former Patriot, is a legendary former Patriot. He's, an, in my opinion at least, an excellent football coach. Yes. That feels like a fit to me, Graziano. Absolutely. I mean, look, here he is. This is just a couple of months ago, sitting in the box with Robert Kraft, being inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame for his contributions as a player. These dots have been connected by a lot of people for a very long time because we don't if and when we find out that Bill Belichick's not the coach there anymore, that's not going to come as a huge surprise to a lot of people. I think that's been the expectation uh, for a little while now. So, yes, Vrabel makes a lot of sense because of his ties to the organization. Gerard Mayo, who's been on the staff there for, for, a, for a long time, uh, is one of the top defensive assistants, if not the top defensive assistant. I think there are people that have thought he would ascend to the head coach role whenever it is that Belichick uh, was done there, and that may still happen. But Vrabel, obviously a candidate on the outside, and there are others as well. Uh, it's just important for people to understand. Mike Vrabel getting fired by the Titans is not going to hasten anything that happens with Bill Belichick. I think the, the Patriots and Vrabel know how they feel about each other. The Belichick decision has to happen on its own, independent of anything else. So, Jeff, let's, let's live in a world where Belichick is no longer the coach of the Patriots, whether we hear that this hour, this week, or sometime in the near future. We have, as we speak, six vacancies, right? That would make the right. seventh. Should they all be lining up outside his door, begging him to come coach there? He's going to be 72 years old. He's got a resume that no one in the history of the sport can match. Yeah. Should someone be? Should they be lining up to hire Bill Belichick? Yeah, I think teams that are open should definitely be interviewing. I mean, listen, you're talking about the the, the wingest coach in NFL, or you know, it, presently that we got. This guy's as good as it gets. He can come into any organization and make it better. So if if you're going to go interview people, he would definitely be there. I think part of it is going to be the link that he wants to coach, right? So owners always talk about, and even last year, and when I was having conversations, they think about this 10 year. Thing. Now, we know most coaches don't last anywhere near t 10 years, but that's like the going in line. We want somebody for 10 years. Well, that's not going to be Bill Belichick, right? So as you're looking at this, is this a stopgap for a team that says, we want him to come in, lead us for three or four years, and then we're going to develop coaches underneath him to come take this over? I think that's the mindset um, that, that most teams would have. But here, 
he will come in and make a massive impact on an organization. When we talk about culture changers or vision casters, he's at the top of the list for Absolutely. leadership in the NFL. Further, so anybody any ownership silly. group besides the Roonies that talks about 10 years is, is, is fooling themselves Absolutely. or fooling you. These guys change coaches more often than you change Thank you. your socks. Thank you. That's a ridiculous thought, and that is a statement about you, but a whole other thing. <laughs> so, Hawk, I'm coming over to you over here. Yeah. Give me, give me, we, we got openings. We got the Chargers. Uh -huh. got the Washington Commanders people like it. Mm -hmm. There are some other spots. We don't know what might happen in Chicago. We don't know what might happen in Philly. You got a place for him? Where would you like to see Bill Belichick be the coach if it's not New England? I don't know if Bill Belichick fits anywhere in this day and age. I'm going to be honest with you. And I think he's an incredible coach. But the way that Bill Belichick has run the organization, he has absolute control. Yeah. That's why I also don't think the Patriots are it because they're not willing to continue to allow him with that control. And when I say absolute control – in my short short time with the Patriots, I mean, when we ate came from Bill Belichick. Whenever we lifted came from Bill Belichick. Yeah. Whether you're allowed to do PR interviews outside of the building, whenever you get the green light to talk to media, every decision comes from Bill Belichick. And for a three- or four-year stint, is that going to be enough time for him to come in, get that kind of absolute control? And what huh. owner is going to relinquish that kind of control and who, who the players are, who the coaches are, who the front office is? That's the question I have. That's a fascinating take. Once and for all, yeah. the Patriot way, does it work with the young players? You, you, you're closer to it than we are because you coached last year. You, people will say, and Hawk said it earlier, some version of the younger players today are just a different breed. They're a different generation. They're not going to listen to some of the same approach that worked you know, with players of your generation. You, you, this is what I'll tell you. Winning works. Winning works. Winning works. Right. Bottom line is you win, people will tolerate. You don't. Win. It's no different than a player than it is with a coach, man. If you know you're going to walk in and you're going to win 12 games and have a shot at the Super Bowl, you will tolerate a lot. If that receiver talks a lot in the press, says a lot of crazy things, he's going to give you yeah. 1,600 yards and 18 touchdowns, you're going to tolerate a lot. It's no different. People want to win. Everybody wants an opportunity to win. If you feel like Bill Belichick gives you a chance to win, you will, you will deal with whatever you got to deal with. Reese, put a final word on this for us. All right, Creeny. People are saying, what's taking so long in New England? We've seen coaches fired Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. My thought, Bill Belichick has always been different. So, of course, it's going to be different here with Belichick in New England. However, this goes down. Oh, I, I think that's right. And there isn't an obvious reason to rush, um, you know, as the process goes through. Reese, outstanding work as always. The minute there's news there, we'll pop you right back up. In the meantime, we got games and coaching situations in other places, including Philadelphia. If this thing is ugly again on Monday night, could there actually be a change in Philly? It's a fascinating set of circumstances. Plus, if love conquers all this weekend, could the boss of the boys be out of a job? Oh, there's a lot to get to, and we'll do it next. Get up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. 
So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we roll on. Get up. Next game is called Sound Off. Let's hear interesting people say interesting things. And the first one will be Jim Harbaugh. He was asked by our Reese Davis about a time frame in which he might make a decision about his future. Here's what he said. So what's the time frame when you need to decide? I don't know that. I don't know. Um, I appreciate, appreciate the interest um, uh, that you have and others have. I just, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't have that answer for you right now. You made an interesting point this morning. We're so accustomed to hearing coaches say that stuff, and we're like, okay, you know behind the scenes all this stuff is going on. But, but you actually think there is a sincerity in at least part of what he's saying. That he wants to enjoy having won exactly. the national. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. And, and who can begrudge him that? I remember covering the Giants. The 2011 Giants made that second Super Bowl run under Coughlin. I ran into Coughlin during the week before the game, and I said something to him. I said, you seem like more relaxed than I've ever seen you. And he said, yeah, I'm in the Super Like, if, if I can't enjoy this, then why am I doing the job? That's right. Right? So give Jim Harbaugh whatever time he needs to have a parade and all that kind of stuff. Well, you made me think, just think of the flip side of that. Yeah. The story that Paul Feinbaum told when, he, when Nick Saban won his first championship at Alabama. And Feinbaum said, congratulations. And Saban said, what do you mean, congratulations? We're a week behind in recruiting. This yeah. cost me a whole bunch of recruiting. <laughs> yes. and I guess there's a lot of ways to look at that. Well, I have that that's a psychotic way, but yeah, that, that's for sure. Harbaugh is the yeah. healthier way. Give me our team right. right now. Boom. Jet. Put, put, put Jim Harbaugh on a team, and that Falcons. team is a Super Bowl contender. Falcons. Falcons. I think, listen, they are loaded offensive. They had a great run defense. They got much better this year. I think, you know, it, he's done extremely well developing talent, whether that was Colin Kaepernick or whether that was Alex Smith. He took a team that had gone eight years in a row without a winning season, took them to three title ch- conference games, hmm. playing in the NFC South. You like it? Well. Where else? You know I, the openings. I, I like them at any team, but specifically yeah. ones with quarterbacks. The Chargers makes the most sense to mm. me because they have Justin Herbert. And that, for what Harbaugh would be able to get out of Herbert Ooh. would be otherworldly. We could finally put him in that tier of quarterback that is contending for Super Bowls. And yeah. Again, I think Harbaugh is kind of the opposite of what we talked about with Belichick. He can adapt to anything, and we've seen him yeah. adapt his offense. We've seen him adapt his coaching style at times. Yep. So he's a hot name, and there's, for, there's a reason for it. I, that's right, and he loves Herbert. I can tell you that. So I think I like that fit as well. Let's continue with sound off here. Shannon Sharp, funny. He's on first take yesterday. <laughs> Jeff was with him, and he gives you this strategy for how these struggling Eagles can fix their offense. I just recommend they just line up in the tush push 
from start to finish, first down, second down, third down, and just run that. Because that seems to be the only thing that works consistently, guys. Yeah. You know, the worst, if A, it's funny. It's B, very funny. Hawk, the worst thing we can say about the Eagles right now is when I say to you, is it the offense or the defense? The answer is yes. It's, yes, both. Which yes. side of them, which, can they get either of, of these things fixed in time to beat Tampa in what feels like a winnable game on Monday night? They should beat Tampa. If nothing else, because I think their personnel matches up well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And also, Baker Mayfield has had an incredible year. Sometimes you don't know which Baker Mayfield is going to show. Right. Right. right? And that, that's a reality, too. But if you ask me, are, is the Eagles' offense broken? No. This has been their offense the entire year. It's right. like buying a pair of distressed jeans with holes in it and say, oh, are my jeans holy? Like, yeah, they're holy. That's how it started. That's how yeah. you got it out the, the package. The Eagles' offense has struggled to have continuity. They've struggled to game plan. They seem like they're executing plays rather than executing a game plan from the very beginning. They yeah. stood outside the facility with signs that said, run the ball more. Right. I hated it, and my, my hope was that they wouldn't come back the next week and have this heavy influx of runs, and that's exactly what they did. And that tells me you don't have a strategy you're sticking to. You're letting yeah. social media dictate how you game plan. Orlovsky has said similar things about, about how there's been no continuity and no uh, obvious uh, focus or structure to their offense. The only thing I'll say is that there was a moment in time this season where A.J. Brown was catching 125 yards worth of passes in every game he was an MVP well, like the first candidate. five. I mean, okay. Yeah. okay, but, I mean, that was this year. I mean, what? How did we get from that to this? Uh, other teams caught on? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, I mean. Defensive coordinator study. Make them do something I, else and then they didn't? I get it. I mean, is that like, the only thing they could do? They could run the ball last Year. They, they ran could. it last year as well as any team maybe ever. They, Why they can't can they do still, that they anymore? They can still run the ball if they choose to. The issue for the Eagles is there's no identity. And what Hawk was saying and what your point was about, you know, they, they loaded up early in the season with A.J. Brown. It was all these big plays and massive plays. It, it, when you look at them from last year to this year with Shane Steichen now and now with Johnson, as you look at this football team, they do less of everything they did really well last year. They barely use motion, so they're very static, right? They don't, they, they don't use QB runs nearly as much. So everything they're trying to get accomplished, they're doing less and being more predictable. That's a problem because your talent can't overcome all of those issues, especially if your defense can't get off the field on third down. So it's like one is not lending to the other. Last year they played full complementary football. This year they're not playing that at all. So when you say are they broken, and to your point, this is – is their offense, but not understanding the, the defensive principles you're going to play, like what Wink Martindale just did this week, mm -hmm. as opposed to what Todd Bowles is going to do. That is where it looks different to me, yep. this, especially different this year than last year. Wink Martindale is a whole other story right now, but we'll get to that. Great story. But, 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 but <laughs> Graziano, let's live yeah. in a world where it doesn't look better on Monday night, and their season comes to an end with a crash bang of a whimper. What might the fallout, yeah, those are not good words, but you know what I mean. Go, go, what go. might the fallout be? Look, I, I think it's, there's some, there are people around the league that are watching this situation for a potential, I mean, potential coaching change, honestly. And I don't know that that's the, 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 the thought inside the Eagles building at the moment, but, you know, these things do get around. This is a franchise that fired the only coach that has ever won it, the Super Bowl two years after that happened because they felt like the direction wasn't right. So the fact that Nick Sirianni was in the Super Bowl 11 months ago, I don't think, I don't think that alone makes him safe, right? If they feel like it's going the wrong way and they need changes, I wouldn't put it past them to make them. I don't think that would be the right decision, but it, it does seem like this is an organization that would rather, uh, you know, 
go too early than wait too long. There would be right? six exits past not the right. It would be a terrible decision yeah. to get rid of your coach who was maybe one uh, pass interference call away from being a Super Bowl champion right. a year ago. Yes. He was able to galvanize his team and get the most out of his players last year. He loses all of his coordinators, and they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. They started this season 10-1. and one. They've been da- bad down the stretch. We understand that. They've had continuity issues. We understand that. But you have to give coaches and quarterbacks the opportunity to figure it out because how else can you offer stability as a franchise? That starts to trickle down to players. Uh, Let me leave it there. I'm up against the clock. But this is going to be a fascinating situation to watch. Meanwhile, hopefully you'll be watching the fascinating NBA doubleheader we have tonight. we got Steph and the Warriors. we got Zion and the Pelicans. That's 8.30 Eastern on ABC. Meanwhile, on ESPN, we got Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets taking on the Jazz. Great night of hoops. And it all begins with NBA Countdown 7.30 Eastern on ESPN. Coming up, winds of change, perhaps blowing through the windy city. We'll take you live to Chicago for the latest on their coach and their quarterback. Plus, the fuss about Russ. Could he come back to Denver? That's been posed. We've got the answer next. Get up on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are back on Get Up. Bottom of the hour time for off-season burning questions because for many teams, the off-season has already begun. Here we go, Hawk. We start in New England. Should the Patriots bring back Bill Belichick? No, they shouldn't because Bill Belichick needs absolute control of an organization for it to be successful. And the New England Patriots are past that period where that formula equates to winning Super Bowls. It should be a mutual parting of ways because Bill Belichick should want to get away from there and the Patriots should want to get some new blood into the head coaching position. Fascinating. Again, we're waiting for word from Foxborough perhaps any minute. Jeff, I come to you next. Let's talk about Russell Wilson. Russell. If his time with the Broncos comes to an end, where should he go next? Ooh, how about the New England Patriots? 
How about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Mm. How about two spots where he can come in, be there for a little bit. There's some young guys on the roster. They might want to develop underneath him. He can bring you some, uh, some veteran leadership, some guys in the locker room. He understands how to win. I like those two. Hey, picks. Graz, is this a violation if, if I ask him a question, he gives me three options as the answer? Are we <laughs> no. accepting that? Yeah. You got Patriots, Falcons, or Steelers? I, I, I think you should try and nail them down. I think. Yeah, I mean, you know. left out 29 okay, first other will be teams. First right. will be Steelers. We'll come back to them. Graz, Chicago, major burning question. Should they keep Justin Fields or trade him and kick a quarterback number one? They should trade him and take a quarterback number one. And it's nothing to do with Justin. Well, it's something to do with Justin Fields. But the fact of the matter is, you're still not 100% sure on Justin Fields, and you're at the point where it's about time to think about extending him on a major deal. Whereas if you draft the guy number one overall, you get that rookie contract, you get those three or four bargain seasons. I think that's the way to go, unless you're 100% sure about Fields, which honestly, I just don't think they are. All my friends who host talk shows in Chicago tell me this is the hottest it is. topic they've ever had what the Bears should do about the first pick in Justin Fields. We had Mel Kuyper on yesterday asking him what he would do. He's been vacillating. This is what he said yesterday. To me, that's a chance for a grand slam, home run at the worst, maybe triple as opposed to maybe a double for Justin Fields, who I had as the second highest rated quarterback when he came out behind Trevor. So I like Justin Fields, but if you can get the eighth pick from Atlanta in a trade and, and draft Caleb Williams, uh, then I think you're setting yourself up very well for the future. So as we speak right now, if I'm the Bears, I'm taking Caleb Williams number one overall and trading Justin Fields. But as he said, he has changed his mind on this many times. Now, our Jordan Reed just released his latest mock draft. And as you see, he's got quarterbacks going one and two and three. That's Jaden Daniels, who won the Heisman out of LSU. And then the run on receivers. we got the offensive tackles. It's going to be fascinating. But let's start at the very, very top of this. Let's bring Courtney Cronin into the conversation, who covers the Bears for us so extraordinarily well. Before I get to the quarterback, they have one other big decision Courtney, it seems to make. I haven't heard Matt Eberflus's name come up a lot in this coaching carousel. Should we be assuming that he is safe after a 7-10 and 10 season? Well, Greeny, there's been radio silence from Hallis Hall since the offseason began for Chicago 48 hours ago. And by that indication, the longer this thing goes on, the more likely it feels that the Bears are going to look at the staff that they currently have in place and decide to move forward with that group for 2024. There's some clues that we can look at here. When I talked to Kevin Warren on Friday, he said the organization was going to take a big-picture, methodical look at everything. So you can understand, based on that timeline, why it's Wednesday and we haven't heard anything yet. You can also factor in some of the coaches that just became available. The Bears say they're going to look at everything. That includes looking outside of the building as well. Certainly, Matt Eberflus has done a lot to make to strengthen his case. And for the last couple of weeks, things have been trending towards him returning to Chicago, going from a 2-7 and seven start to a 7-10 and 10 finish. But at this point... No news coming out of Hallis Hall means that the waiting game continues to see what they're going to do at the head coach position and also at the OC position because all of those play into the decision that they will have to make ultimately at quarterback. Yeah, of course. Luke Etsy is the offensive coordinator there, and he's if you just listen to the fans, they're not particularly fans of his for the most part, at least is the sense that I've gotten coming out of there. And, and then the names outside, you know, the Jim Harbaugh piece of all of this, for those who don't know, Jim played for the Bears for many years, and there are connections there. So 
We got all the coaching stuff we're dealing with, Courtney. Now let's get to the trillion dollar question. What do we know regarding their feelings at this moment about Fields and the first pick? Well, let's start with the first pick. Ryan Poles in his pregame interview on Sunday morning talked about the excitement and the opportunity of having the number one overall pick. A little different than how he felt at this point last year when the pick came to the Bears via their own 3-14 and record. This time around, the flexibility that they have to either use that pick on a quarterback or trade back from that spot to put pieces around Justin Fields. All things, to my understanding and with people I've talked to, at this point of the offseason, are on the table. Now, you'll remember, at this point last year, going into March, that's when they traded the number one overall pick. So the waiting game here, there's not going to be any decision made on Justin Fields anytime soon. But the Bears will go ahead and field calls if they come in. They have to go about the due diligence in evaluating all facets of the quarterback, whether they stick with Fields or they end up using that number one overall pick. One thing I've noticed, though, unanimous support for Justin Fields from this locker room, and that continues. Talked to DJ Moore, wide receiver, the other day, and during his exit interview, he relayed to the staff about how difficult it might be to start over with a rookie quarterback next year. That's something Ryan Poles will have to consider as he makes his ultimate decision. They love him. I mean, the players love him. Candidly, everyone loves Justin Fields. Um, so that, that part of it has to be taken into consideration somewhere. But Graz, I want to go all the way back to Mel. So when Mel said, if you're the Bears and you decide to trade uh, that first pick and you still wind up getting the eighth pick from Atlanta, which is in a world now where you could get one of these big receivers or one of these big offensive linemen, that suggests that a trade with Justin Fields brings them back the eighth pick in the draft. Now, I feel like I've been hearing people talk about the second round pick, a third round pick. He was saying trade Justin Fields. Get back Atlanta's pick. Trade Justin Fields to the Falcons. Right. Get Atlanta's pick and take you know, one of these top ten players. Do we think that the Bears would get something of that consequence for Justin Fields? Because that would change my mind. I've been a keep Fields guy. But if you're going to get the eighth pick in the draft for him, that would change my opinion. I agree. That feels like a lot. Unless, unless you have multiple teams bidding and one of those teams, in this example, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, believes that, that Justin Fields is the guy that can transform their franchise. Because not only would you be trading the eighth pick for him, you would then have to sign him to a long-term contract. Probably, right? yeah. Like he's, got, right, he's got a couple years left and you can franchise him. But the fact of the matter is if you're giving up a pick of that caliber, then it's a guy that you're anticipating being there a long time and having a transformational effect on your franchise. I think that's a lot to expect if you're the Bears in terms of what you could get back. But certainly, I agree with you, Greeny, if you could get a top 10 draft pick back for him, then I would think that makes it a no-brainer. It would completely change my position on all of this. But I feel, and and Courtney, who is still with us, I saw in her notes, uh, she's been canvassing the the world, and, and you, in your note circle, you said you've been hearing anything from a second-round pick yeah. to a fourth-round yeah, pick, right? That makes is that, more sense. Is that what you're hearing, Courtney? That, that is. Jeremy Fowler and I wrote a story about this last week at ESPN.com, and through our reporting, you won't find a consensus on the return you could get for Justin Fields, anywhere from a second to a fourth-round pick. And I had a conversation with a general manager last week that through 38 starts, if there's not clarity on your quarterback, that is clarity, then ultimately the clarity to move on. And I think around the league, when you survey general managers and other executives, that's what they believe the Bears 
will ultimately do. Now, will that affect the price for Justin Fields if that's tipping Chicago's hand to what the, to the decision they may make in a couple weeks to a couple of months, potentially? But the value on Justin Fields right now, it was an up-and-down season for him once again. A lot of good moments since he came back from that thumb injury. But then you see the 17-9 finish in Green Bay and what the offense wasn't able to do. That goes into the overall body of work that teams are going to have to weigh when deciding if they want to make a move for Justin Fields. That's right. And, Jeff, I was looking at your face. And when she said, and again, she's quoting a general manager. She's not giving her opinion. Sure. But when she said, well, if you don't know after three years, then you already have your answer, I could see that disgusted you. Yeah, I just, I just disagree with it. I understand. Oh, I thoroughly disagree yeah, yeah, with I it, disagree. too. And, and, I, and I looked no further than the Detroit Lions the last two years, right, before this, this incredible year 12 went, right? They want to run Dan Campbell and Jared Goff out of the building, right? Like these guys can't get it done. They can't, and all of a sudden, they've moved this thing forward. I, I Eberflus needs more time. If he's going to stay there, you want to keep Fields there. You can you can do the fifth the, you know, the fifth year option and franchise him. You buy two more years. Everybody who thinks that there's a gold at the end of the rainbow for every first pick in a draft, just look at the first picks, and it will show you that's not the truth, right? Whether it's Young, whether it's Lawrence, it doesn't mean all of a sudden your organization turns around immediately. Build your team. Give him other receivers. Build them an offensive line. Give them enough players. Think about the, the enormous amount you would get from this pick that you could build an actual team. And, y'all, I know quarterback is the most important position. It is not the only position. You have to get better at other points on your football team. Yeah, I, I'm, I think you trade him. I, I think this is fields. Trade fields. It's, it's the best case scenario. What you didn't want is to continue to play him, him not play well, and now you get no draft capital for him. And I only say that because you had the first pick a year ago and you did exactly what we're telling him to do now. Trade down, get other players. For In order for fields to play well and be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, I would have needed to see that over an extended season. I think Fields is great. I think he has the missing element that you need with the quarterback after talent, which is experience. You get him to Atlanta, the change of scenery helps him. Get him away from Luke Getty. Get him away from the organization that didn't give him enough stability to be successful. But if Caleb is who we think he is that's and who he thing. looks like on film, you can't pass that up two and years that, in a and row. that's the thing. You can cite guys that haven't necessarily hit that from that top pick, but that number one pick is about hope for these teams, and they're thinking about Joe Burrow. Right, they're not, yeah. they're not thinking about yeah. Bryce Young. Sure. Or, like that, they're thinking about a guy that did come in and completely transform sure. one of the worst franchises right. in the entire league yeah. instantly. Yeah. And if you think that Caleb Williams can be that guy, you absolutely so, have to make that. So here's course. here's my question: If you're going to let go of Justin Fields, why would you keep the head coach? You, you just did the same thing with the mm -hmm. other like like th th that would that to me means it's going to be a full scale. You know, Courtney like is nodding because she hears this on ESPN 1000 literally every day in Chicago. This is what every caller and every talk show host is yelling and screaming about. Final word, Courtney, go. Well, that's the point. Uh, this is a situation the Bears have found themselves in over the last decade where they pair yeah. a lame duck head coach with a rookie quarterback. They did it with mm. John Fox. They did it with Matt Nagy. And they did it with Matt Eberflus. Now, if they do oh, yeah. end up trading Justin Fields and moving on with, with a new quarterback and that number one overall pick, that might show you what they're going to do with the coaching staff so that it don't perpetuate this cycle once again when they have a chance to break it. Now, we'll see. Courtney, outstanding Courtney, work. Courtney, bringing some common sense we'll up in here. Keep it close by. Courtney, stay close. Uh, obviously, this thing, that thing, this is going to probably play out all the way into the combine, so we'll see what happens there. In the meantime, we continue with Big D. Are Dallas and Dak on upset alert on Sunday against the Packers? And if so, what might that mean for the future of the franchise? We'll answer that, and we'll see if Graziano can answer this. Here we go, sneaky hembo. Which quarterback 
has lost the most games on Wild Card Weekend, which dates back in the NFL to 1978. He knows it. The answer is now. Look at his face. He's a terrible poker player. Terrible. <laughs>Back on Get Up. There's a look of quiet confidence on the face of Dan Graziano. So the wild card round of the playoffs dates back to 1978. There were wild cards before that, but they didn't have their own round of playoffs. So we're going back to 78. Which quarterback has lost the most games on wild card weekend? I was confident because I thought he'd given me this question before, but he swears he did not. So I feel like we, we've, we've dealt with this topic before and danced around it. Saturday wanted to say Peyton Manning, but I feel like those teams had buys more often than not, and so probably didn't even play on wildcard weekend, let alone uh, lose. I'm between Ben Roethlisberger and Joe Flacco. I feel like those are two teams that got in over and over again, maybe sometimes kind of barely. I am going to say Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, that's right! That is correct! That is right! so good that is so good Ooh. by the way Peyton Manning is next Peyton Manning is four all right yes uh, Roethlisberger oh, and Andy five. Dalton which Peyton was a uh, Hawks guess and Andy Dalton four each. yeah but that is correct and it isn't Vince Ferragamo we all had you so we'll we all had two, two after launching the protest okay. yesterday look at the dejection on the face of Hembo meanwhile look at the pencil behind him in the hand of Jack he's ready to play the new game which is called pen or pencil Hawk, I'm starting with you. Yeah. The Eagles losing to the Bucks on Monday night. Are you putting that in pen or are you putting it in pencil? I'm putting that in pencil. The Eagles, although they've had troubles, although they've struggled, although we're, for some reason, talking about firing their head coach, I was just in the Super Bowl, they should match up well against the Bucks. They do have the players. When you get in the playoffs, it really isn't as much as the X and O's as it is the Jimmys and the Joes, and the Eagles have the better Jimmy and Joes between them and the Bucks. So he's putting that one in pencil. Graziano, Ravens to the Super Bowl. Pen or pencil? I'm going to say pencil, but I realize in answering the questions in the notes that I am not the right person for this game. It is going to be very difficult <laughs> for me to pick up a pen when I'm talking about predicting NFL outcomes. Look, I, I think the Ravens look fantastic. <laughs> I don't see a good reason why they wouldn't be able to get to the Super Bowl. But I can't put that in pen. Oh, I can't. You, you, I can't well, do it. They say. That's not who I am. Come on. Scare money don't make that. That's, that's right. Well, I, know I'm not, I know I'm not that's betting they on say, it. Jeff. Well, let's see if Jeff brings out a pen for this one. The Cowboys making it to the NFC Championship game. Look at that. Oh! Bring out the pin. Listen, I like the way this is setting up. I'm telling you all, the Rams are going to go to Detroit, possibly upset Detroit, then go to San Fran. Division opponents, things crazy could happen. Dallas could have an NFC Championship game in Dallas, which would be absolutely crazy. Putting it in pain. And to they, got a clear. Great, they got a great plan here. They don't they even need that. Weeks. They don't even need that to happen. You, they, this is just to make it to the NFC Championship oh, yeah. game, and they're assured of having two home games before that. Now, like. having said that, just when everything is set up is sometimes when things go wrong. And Stephen A. Smith believes that Mike McCarthy, the coach of the Cowboys, his margin for error is razor thin. It should come down to the Dallas Cowboys literally looking at one squad standing in their way and figuring out how to beat them on a Sunday afternoon, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. In my opinion, if Mike McCarthy loses to anyone other than San Francisco, he I, I, I wouldn't think about bringing him back. I wouldn't.
So that's the second voice we've had say that today, Jeff. He, he, we, he and Chris kicked on that same good good. What, what, what yeah, good yeah. good? Why do you say hi. they're high? Hi. They're on the good good. Yeah, yeah they on it. No, that, he, he, listen, it is winning games. They have a top five offense, a top five defense. They have home field except for the San Francisco 49ers. They just won the division for the second time since my, I mean, the guy's been coaching 17 years. He's had four losers, and, and in two of those, he lost Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott at the quarterback position. Like, who – I love when people want to fire somebody. Like, who are we hiring who's going to be better? That, that is always my issue. And I know Canty brought up names of when people get fired and the Tony Dungy win and then, you know, all of a sudden. But it's, it is a rare and it's the exception, not the rule. I just think for my – I just McCarthy is the guy. He's done a good job in Dallas. I think he'll continue to do it. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, you don't fire McCarthy. Unless there's bad clock management at the end of the game, which we've saw I, before. I, and I agree with that. If I there's bad in-game decisions. It, right. Absolutely, that's a conversation. Other than that, when you have a head coach, you're looking for two things. Are your X's and O's on point, and are your players motivated? Both of those things are right. top-notch for Dallas yeah, and man. the best that we've seen in the last five years. Go across the league. Yeah. Use that barometer against all of them, and it will give you your answer. I'll give you a different barometer, though, and Graziano, and, and I'm not sitting here advocating firing the coach, but I, if you wanted to make a devil's argument or devil's advocate argument, you could do it this way. The best way to judge a coach is does his team achieve more than or less than you think its talent should? And the reality is, this team is good enough to have won more playoff games than they have in the past few years. And two years ago, it certainly looked like it was the coach's fault. Mm -hmm. They didn't. And so, for all the regular season wins, if the goal ultimately is to make a deep run in the playoffs, if they don't do it this year, I don't think it is outlandish to start talking about making a change. You, you mean you would talk about it in pencil? I would talk about it in pencil. I mean, right. uh, to your point. <laughs> Jack's who, props. To your point, who's going to be better? But, but there is also an element of he took us from point A to point point B, but maybe he's not the guy to take us to point C. There is that element, and we have seen that in sports. Like We do see franchises operate like that, and some of them have success doing it. So I think were you I, there when they fired Buck Showalter and brought in Joe Torre? No, I, that was before but me. Know but I know about, about that. Yeah, was Buck Showalter a bad manager? He's no. a great manager, but you needed someone else to take it over the finish line. And, and sometimes that little difference is what it takes. Oddly enough, that happened with Buck Showalter again with Twice Arizona, in Arizona yes. But but anyway, so uh, anyway, maybe they, the Cowboys should hire Buck Showalter and then fire him, <laughs> and then they would get over the, the hump. No, look, uh, it, the Cowboys are very happy and satisfied with what Mike McCarthy has done. Look, go back four months. We're talking about, this is all on McCarthy. He's taking more control of the offense. Yes. He's a play caller. If it doesn't go well, it's going to be on him. It did go well. Right. It has gone well, right. and they are in the two-seat position to make a run. I don't believe that there's any sense in that building about, oh, if they, lo if they lose, then, then McCarthy's out. It would have to be a change of mind for Jerry Jones. Now, you can't put that past him, right? And if they lose and, and you're convinced that the reason you lost is the way McCarthy managed the game and we've seen this too much and we feel like he can get us to the playoffs, but then when we get there he can't get us past, then sure. But I think there's a, a number of steps that Jerry Jones would have to go through to get to that point from where he is now. Yeah, listen, McCarthy has won a Super Bowl in the past. I understand it was a long time ago. But if you compare his resume to Sean Payton's resume, and it's, didn't Sean Payton make $20 million a year? Something, something like that, okay. yeah. So, so he was the most sought-after coach or whatever it was all 
whole last season. Look, they're the same. Only one looks like me, and, and the other one, he's not as pretty, right? He looks like an offense. But the dude can coach ball. And this is a guy who benched me. I'm not a fan, but the dude can coach ball. He continues to win and put his teams. And it's talk, he's got to manage the cap. He's had Aaron Rodgers. He's had big teams in Green Bay. The guy understands big-time football. To get rid of him, to go find somebody else, you're hoping and wishing that something else does well. And you can put that in pen. pen. Put that pen. in pen. Who are the top three players? On their team, Michael, Michael Parsons, Parsons, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb. Lamb. They're playing the best that they have in their careers. Yeah, That's your answer. He's making your best players play their best. Right. Making them more expensive, too. And if that's enough, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a company one way problem. or the other. First take coming up top of the hour here. Much more on this epic rant oh, that we showed it. following oh. the Laker game last night. Plus, who is under more pressure to make it to the Super Bowl? Is it the Cowboys or is it the 49ers? First take, Molly, Stephen A. Mad Dog. Jeffrey will be there, too, next on ESPN. We got hockey tomorrow night on ESPN. Austin Matthews and the Maple Leafs visit the Islanders 7 Eastern. Coverage begins with a point six Eastern on ESPN2. Hawk, outstanding today. Graz, Thank you. should we be expecting word from New England? Were you expected today? Not outstanding. That's oh, you're, no, you were outstanding good today. Yeah, I, like, I, I'm, I'm with Mike Reese. It could happen anytime. I would not be surprised if it happened today. I would not be surprised if it happened later this week. Maybe during first take now. Maybe.